As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. On this episode of Awaken the Wonder, my guest was depressed, an alcoholic, a womanizer, but found Jesus and is now serving in a ministry that is literally reaching millions of people for Jesus. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome to Awaken the Wonder podcast with me, your host, evangelist Caleb Wampler of Kingdom Encounters International. I've seen hundreds of thousands of people come to salvation in Jesus in countries hostile to the gospel, witnessed impossible miracles, and regularly experienced God's wonder. This show is an outflow of my life in ministry in the nations. Tune in weekly to hear miracle testimonies and encouraging stories from the fields of harvest from both me and my global ministry network. As we journey ahead, may you hunger for God as never before and awaken the wonder of your relationship with Jesus. I want to get to our guest today. Uh, Robert Engie's with me. He has been a dear friend, and maybe we'll have a funnier sto- uh, story or two that you can hear. But when we first met, uh, uh, we actually came into the ministry of Christ for All Nations when I was an assistant with Daniel Kalenda. We started on the same exact day, actually. And uh, I remember our first introduction to each other as I said, hey, Rob, uh, why don't you? Uh, he's like, I don't have anywhere to stay. And I said, well, come stay on my couch. I just got an apartment. And he stayed the night on my couch that first night. But since then, our friendship has literally grown, and uh, we've been able to get really close. So it's a pleasure to have you today, Yeah, Robin. thank you so much for having me. It's a joy. Yeah, thank you for being here. And um, you you operate in excellence in ministry in a way that uh, really, really is incredible. Um, I, I've really rarely seen it in my entire life. Um, on our podcast, Awaken the Wonder podcast, uh, we're going to have a continuation of this conversation, and I want people to make sure to subscribe to that. But uh, outside of that, Take me back to the beginning of how you came to the Lord. Uh, you were uh, basically lost in alcoholism. You were a womanizer. You were depressed, suicidal. How did you come to Christ, and what did that story look like for you? Yeah. Before I get into that, Caleb, I just want to say, you know, obviously you and Harmony are, are dear friends of us, and the viewing audience, I just want to say just how very proud my wife, Megan, and I are of you, are of your family. We have been friends for the last six years, and to be able to see your journey and to be there in your very humble beginnings and to really take this leap of faith, and now here you are in your own studio, reaching hundreds of thousands of people with the gospel, seeing lives change, transform every single day from friend to friend. I just want you to know we love you, we support what you're doing, and we are incredibly proud. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. You know, I know everybody's 
journey is different. And, and for me, you know, just, you know, come from very humble beginnings. And, you know, my mom raised us Catholic. You know, I remember my earliest age of, 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 you know, go, the, my relationship with the Lord was going to what she would call religion. And so, you know, at the Catholic Church, we'd go to religion every Sunday. And, you know, just as a boy, I'm just doing what my mom told. And, you know, uh, for, for years, my aunt, who was a Christian, she was a spirit-filled woman of God, used to always ask my mom, Melanie, would you please come to church with me? And my mom laughed it off and she said, I don't want nothing to do with those holy rollers. I'm involved with the church. However, her life was reckless. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was doing, a, you know, drinking and, you know, it was just a mess. But she had her religion. That's what we were being raised up in. And so those are my earliest memories of the Lord at an early age. And so one birthday, my aunt said, my, my, aunt, my mom asked my aunt, what can, what can I get you for your birthday? And my aunt said, I, I want you to come to church with me. Wow. And my mom was like, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. She's like, Melanie, I don't want nothing financial. I don't want a gift. I want you to come to church with me for my birthday. And so, again, I was a nine-year-old boy at the time. I don't know all the inner workings of the conversation. But what I do remember is as a nine-year-old boy going to church with my mom on my aunt's birthday and my mom radically encountering the Lord. And I just remember feeling something in that service. I can't remember the message. I can't remember anything else. But I remember leaving that building. I could take you to the very spot on the parking lot where my mom and I got into her 1989 Maroon Dodge Caravan. And I remember saying, Mommy, are we coming back next week? And with tears in her eyes, she said, yes, son. And so that was really what started my, my path and my journey. And so, again, as a nine-year-old little boy, being in church, man, like I was hungry. I was burning. I would be in all the plays. I was Lazarus. I was one of the wise men. Like I just burned for these things. But as I got into my teenage years, just being a young man, unguided, lack of direction, no real, you know, men in my life to lead, steer me and guide me in the right direction. I just started to wander off and I started doing the things that I thought would make me happy. I started getting involved with alcohol at a very early age and drinking and then women and then anything that I could do to feed my flesh to bring some sort of happiness and satisfaction. And the more I tried to satisfy myself with those things, the more horrible I felt. And then the older that I got, I started getting a job and I started making money. So then I started fueling, you know, just, you know, alcohol and then, you know, going out and buying myself to materialistic things. And, and there was just this void in my life to the point where I just felt empty. And all this time, I like to say that I was a drug baby. My mom used to drug me to church, like Sunday, Wednesday, Friday nights, every opportunity she would drag me to church. So I was in church, but I quickly realized that I was not in God. You can be in church, but not be in God. You know, it's been said that going to McDonald's doesn't make you a cheeseburger. You know, being a Christian, going to church doesn't make you a Christian no more than going to McDonald's makes you a cheeseburger. And that absolutely is the case. So I was there, I was hearing it, but I just didn't have that really raw encounter. I didn't know him for myself. I knew it through my mom. But I, I didn't have no other thing. So I just kept going on my path. And I've always been very hardworking. I've always tried to be the best version of myself. So I'd involve myself in extracurricular activities. I did really well playing baseball in high school, you know, to the point where I started coaching when I graduated. And then I was in college. I was the student government president. I ran for all these other, again, just positions of power and authority and of influence. But again, I still felt this void. And it wasn't until I was 19 years old, Caleb, where I had a dream. And in this dream, 
I literally, I was playing, two of the boys that I was coaching in baseball were playing catch. And one of the boys had got hit by the ball. So in the dream, I ran over to this boy and I grabbed his hand and I said, buddy, are you okay? And in the dream, the, the hand gripped me tight and the nails became black and pointy. And then as I looked up the arm, the arm became, the flesh turned to red. And then as I looked up the arm, it was like red, 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 red. And as I looked into the face, it was the face of Satan. And he said, me and you are going to be really good friends and we're going to go places together. And in that dream, I just immediately, without hesitation and without reserve, I said, I'm no child of you. I'm a child of the most high God and we're not going anywhere together. But when I woke up for that dream, I was shook to my core. I had encountered something that I had never encountered before. People can say, oh, that's not theology. You know, the the devil's not this red guy with the pointy ears. Listen, I don't care what anybody says. I saw it. It was real to me. I felt it. I woke up that morning. I jumped in the shower. I turned that thing on as hot as you possibly could. And I was still shaken to my core. I was cold. The only thing I knew to do was call my pastor. So I called my pastor and I said, I said, listen, this is what just happened. And he said, Rob, he said, I believe that, you know, we need to pray into this. But he said, I believe that the enemy wants to end your life before it's time. You have a great purpose. You have a great destiny, but you have totally surrendered and yield your life to the enemy to the point where he thinks that you guys are good friends because everything that you're doing, your life choices, the alcohol, the sex, the drugs, you know, the things that you're giving your life to, they're not of God. And then so that really, I mean, I would like to say in that moment, it really trying to woke me up and I stopped doing some of those things, but I kept dabbling in it. I talked to my pastor, but what really happened is I'm a mama's boy. My mom is the most influential role model woman in my life. I love her with everything I have within me. I would do anything for her. And so, you know, as I was walking through this journey, obviously she knew of the dream. I went and I talked to my pastor and he came to me that Sunday in church and he talked to me and my mom. He said, Rob, he's like, this is very serious. I really believe that the enemy wants to take your life before your time. And if you continue to go down this road, he's going to succeed. And the significance of that is we had a good friend of my mom's, was a best friend that she grew up with, knew him for decades. They were very close childhood friends. And several months prior to that, he had had a similar encounter. And my pastor had talked to him and he said, listen, Wayne, his name was Wayne. He said, I believe that um, the enemy wants to take your life before your time. You continue to give your life to drugs and alcohol and addiction. You need to fully surrender your life to Christ or the enemy is going to succeed. And so a couple months later, Wayne was driving home from a party on his bicycle, intoxicated, had passed out in the road and a tractor trailer ran over his head and killed him. So this was very fresh. So when he told me, Rob, the enemy wants to take his life before your time, the first thing I could think of was Wayne. I mean, we experienced it. I remember going to the funeral. I remember the grief of his family and his friends. I remember the impact that it had on my life. So when my mom heard this, she just started weeping uncontrollably and was like, not my son, not my baby. I'm her only son. She's like, not my son, not my baby. And so seeing my mom crying like that and broken like that, I said, gosh, you know what? Like something's got to change. And in God's amazing providence and wisdom, the way that he divinely orchestrates relationships, we had this missionary evangelist by the name of Joseph Bimba, who was doing revival meetings at our church a couple weeks after we've had this talk with my pastor. And so he's there and he's just, you know, he's this, your typical African missionary, just 
crazy colored suit, you know, matching shoes. Everything was purple. You know, I did, there was something about this man that I was drawn to. Looking back now, I know it was his anointing. I know it was his gifting. And I just saw this man and I was captivated by him. You know, I saw him operating in power. The message that he clear, that he preached was crystal clear. And I just received it. And so one of these nights at the revival service, I said, you know what? Enough is enough. I, as a young boy, from the time of nine years old, when I started going to that church with my mom, my pastor, Pastor Bob Canino, would say, you are called to be an evangelist. You are called to be an evangelist. I didn't, at, the, at that age, I didn't even know how to spell evangelist. I didn't know what an evangelist was, but I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be an evangelist. And so that thing just stuck with me all those years. And so I've had words of the Lord spoken of my life during all those reckless years of just, you know, giving myself to fleeting pleasures and yeah. not serving the Lord. And so I heard those things and I'm like, but God, how? How do I get from point A to point B? How do I get from where I'm at, broken, you know, suicidal, oppressed, just I, like nothing is going my way. I'm doing all the right things. Uh, you know, I went to school. I got my college education. I felt like I did everything the right way. I worked. I, you know, I was giving. I was generous. I was tithing. I was going to church. Now, granted, the fruits of my life didn't show that, but I was still doing everything that in my mind I thought God would be pleased with. Right. But what I lacked was encounter. What I lacked was relationship. So there was a Sunday night that that evangelist made an altar call. And I remember going up and saying, okay, Lord, this is it. I'm all in. I'm an all in kind of guy. You know me as a friend. I'm all in. If I'm going to serve the enemy and the devil and live for the things of this world, I'm going to give it my all. But I said, if I'm going to do this for you, Lord, I'm all in and I'm going to give you my everything. And I just remember that man praying for me. And then waking up on the floor, I could take you to the place on the carpet. And I remember weeping uncontrollably. And I remember this man standing over me saying, Rob, I just want to let you know that your father in heaven loves you. And I felt this warm embrace. Nobody touched me in the natural. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody touched me. But I felt this warm embrace. And I felt the love of a father that I'd never experienced in my life. And I was weeping uncontrollably. And I remember getting up that night, Caleb, and I went home. And there was such a fear of the Lord in me that I went through my entire room as if God himself was with me. And I said, if the Lord saw this, would you want me to have it? If he saw that magazine, would you want me to have it? That CD, that DVD, would you want me to have it? And I remember piling all this stuff up in my room. And I remember looking at it in almost this temptation of like, think of all the money you spent on that. Think of the joy and the pleasure that it brings. Like, where do you go from here? You're going to throw it like, this is all you've ever known. Like, how could you get rid of all this stuff? But man, like the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And man, I just took all that stuff and I threw it in the garbage. And I remember, again, we were doing these revival services and my mom said, I want you to have a conversation with this man of God. And I want you to tell him what happened. And for me, I didn't think it was anything special. I was like, you know, something shifted, something changed, something tangible, something real that I've never experienced before. And this is just my natural, my natural reaction to my response to God. Because again, I'm all in. So we, we, we set this meeting up with this evangelist. And I remember the first time I ever talked to him, I said, sir, my name is Rob Inge and I know you don't know me. But if there's anything that I could ever do for you, carry your bags, polish your shoes, drive you anywhere you want to go, I am at your service and I'm willing to do it. And he just kind of laughed at me and he said, talk to my assistant and schedule an appointment, which I did. 
And I remember meeting this man, and at the time, I was going to go be a teacher. Because like I said, I just was doing in my life what I thought was the right thing to do. I loved kids. I wanted to make an impact. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to shape and mold young lives. And I thought, what a better way to do that than to be a teacher. Yeah. And so I met with this pastor, and he says, no, go to school for business and marketing and management. And I thought, okay, I mean, this is the first voice in my life. He's a man of God. I know he hears from God. I'm going to do it. So the next few years of my life, that's exactly what I did. But what the Lord did was is he forged a relationship and a bond with me and that man that remains to this day. And he became a spiritual father to me. And he spoke words of affirmation to me. He led me on this path of what it looks like to be a man of God, what it looks like to, to be a servant of God. He challenged me to read my Bible. He challenged me to pray. But most importantly, he was an example to me. And he was the one who told me to get my passport. He said, your feet are going to touch foreign soil. I never left the state of New York, let alone to even think about. But I was so hungry and I was so longing for the will of God. My whole life, all I've ever done was long for God's will to be done. There's just this just this tenderness I have toward the Lord. This is innocence, this childlikeness where my life is not my own. Like, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whatever it looks like, like I'm willing, but just lead me and guide me in that path. Now, I, in, now in that, you had God's plan for your life, the enemy's plan for your life. They were both pursuing you. They're both running after you. Absolutely. The enemy, and maybe maybe today you're sitting there going, the enemy has a plan for my life. God has a plan for my life. Can I guarantee you, they both have one. Yeah. Which path are you on? Which track are you on? God wants to lead you forward, and so does the enemy. But I guarantee you, God has come not to harm you. He's come to give you a hope and a future. But the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, if it looks like stealing, it looks like killing, and it looks like destroying, can I guarantee you that that is the enemy? Because God has not come to do that to you. Sure, there might be testing and there might be hardship that you're going through. But my friends, he wants to lift you up, and he's going to do that today. Now, now, Rob, in that story, you ended up serving this man of God for, for a couple of uh, years, right? I did. And, and in that process, really, he started to equip you for service and excellence, which we'll get to in the next episode. Yeah. But, but in that season, you ended up uh, getting to the end of that season and had an incredible opportunity to, uh, to go and serve in the ministry of Christ for all nations as Daniel's assistant. Now, in that, you had a dream, right? Tell me about that dream about how the Lord had prepared you to get to that place. Yeah, so I mean, when the opportunity came for me to, you know, to apply for the position, even that whole journey of itself was just nothing short of just divine and miraculous. The Lord, the way the Lord guided my footsteps. And so it was really a leap of faith for us because the man of God that I was serving got incredibly sick. He was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And so the whole ministry was dissolved so that he could focus on his health. So I had moved. I, like I told you, I took a leap of faith. Yeah. I moved to Maryland and I was single at the time. I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. And so I moved to Maryland. We were doing ministry all over the world. We were taking teams to Africa. I felt for the first time in my life, Caleb, I was in the will of God. I was seeing things move. He was using me in ways that I could have never dreamed. All the, some of the words I'd been prophesied over my life were coming to pass, but then he got sick. Then it slowed, shut everything down. It brought me back to New York, and I'm just sitting there, and I was like, Lord, now what? And then an opportunity came for me to apply for a position at Christ for All Nations, and my first thought is like, I'm not equipped. I've never been to Bible school. I, I've, ne I've never heard of any of these mega ministries. Why would Daniel Kalenda pick a guy like me? I actually saw the advertisement on Facebook. Oh, wow. And I was like, why would Daniel Kalenda, 
who has countless relationships, ministry contacts all over the world, pick a guy like me on Facebook. I thought it was a bogus account, but I, the Lord had divinely connected me with his cousin. So I reached out to his cousin and I said, hey, is this legit? Is he really looking for an assistant? So he talked to Daniel, got back to me and he said, yes, are you interested? And I was like, of course I'm interested, but that's like hitting the lottery. Like I, I'm not qualified. I can't do it. So I, I applied again because I just was like, Lord, if this is your will, you'll make a way. I was living in New York. I was married at the time. My wife was pregnant with our second child, eight months pregnant. And now all of a sudden this opportunity to move to Florida, completely uproot my entire family from our comfort zone, everything we know and love and start on this path, this plan that God would have. And so I was praying and I was fasting. I came here and I interviewed with Evangelist Kalenda and some members of his team. And so I was like, when do you need an assistant? He said, yesterday. So I'm like, okay, this is urgent. Like I'm going to get an answer soon. I came and I interviewed. They gave me a tour of the ministry. I flew back home. Five days went by. A week went by. Ten days went by. And I was just shaken to my core. I thought, this is good. They're going to blow me off. I didn't get the job. I know they you know, they said hundreds of people applied, you know, and telling me all the, you know, just the reality of a position like that and the weight of it. And I just thought I lost it. But then I had a dream. And so two weeks had gone by. It was literally 14 days. It was a Sunday night. And in this dream, I walked into a conference room and my wife was there. There were some other people sitting at a large conference room table and Evangelist Kalenda was there. And he came right up to me and he said, I want you to give me one good reason on why I, why I should hire you for this position. And in the dream, I said without hesitation, because I believe it's the will of God. And he turned around and he wrote on a piece of paper. And then he turned back around and he put this piece of paper in my face. And the paper read, Rob Inge. And he said, you're the man for the job. And I just began in the dream. I remember embracing my wife. And I just remember weeping, saying, honey, we did it. We did it. Caleb, that next morning at 9 a.m., I received an email from the International Director of Christ for All Nations offering me the position as the Executive Assistant for Evangelist Daniel You know, and that never would have happened, Rob, which is an incredible story, if you hadn't walked up to that evangelist yeah. with Joseph Bimba and said, what can I do to serve you? You, and it wouldn't have happened if your mama wouldn't have obeyed and got you to the church. And it wouldn't have happened, you know, just to watch how God puts this thing together. Yeah. You know, thinking of the theme of this episode really is that God has a plan for your life. You saw what happened in Rob's life. He is now serving in this ministry. And how many people have come to Christ in the ministry now? Since 1987, we've seen over 79 million registered decision cards, like people who have met with a counselor, filled it out, said, I want to receive Jesus. Now, did you, into did you say church. 79 people, 7,900, 79,000? What was that? 79 million. We can't even comprehend that kind of a number to think what that actually is doing. But my friends, that is what God is doing in this ministry. And obviously, we honor the ministry of Christ for All Nations. Um, just real briefly, I know Evangelist Kalenda is doing a lot of things in the nation of Africa, obviously carrying on the vision of Evangelist Bonke. But um, even right here, you see it on the cup. What, what's going on right now, just in the next minute? What What is happening presently? Because he's actually raising people up, right? He is, yeah. Evangelist Kalenda has been burning since about 2017. The Lord gave him a vision 
for a decade of double harvest. So up until that point, since 1987, the ministry had seen 75 million registered decisions for Christ under the leadership of evangelist Reinhard Bonnke and now his successor evangelist Daniel Kalenda. And so he felt the only way, Caleb, for this vision to come to pass was by multiplication. We couldn't just add more crusades to his calendar and add more work for him to do. The only way to do this was by multiplication. So just this past year, we started an evangelism boot camp. It's like a fast track to the mission field. It's like the Navy SEALs of evangelism where we're raising up and training the next generation of mass crusade evangelists to send them out to the nations so that they can, again, reach these nations for the gospel, for Christ, so that we can see in the next 10 years, double what Evangelist Bonke had seen in his, you know, the first few decades of his life. So it's exciting. As we speak, we got teams of evangelists on the ground right now in Tanzania. Just for in the first 10 days, they've been to the schools, cities, they're preaching on trucks. They've seen over 80,000 souls come into the kingdom. These are not uh, polished preachers. These are men and women of God who are hungry, who are burning, who have given the Lord their yes and saying, this is what I know I was created to do. And they're going after so under the teaching and the mentorship of Evangelist Kalenda and all, you know, several other men, godly, you know, influencers, they're just going after it. We couldn't be more proud. We got another one launching in January where things are just going to increase and double and we're just going after it. Yeah. And I'd encourage you just go to the link on the screen there if you want to apply for that. Uh, definitely. I know they're taking applications and resumes and all kinds of stuff to get signed up for that. And we honor their ministry. And I would encourage you to do that. Um, now, at this time, if today you're like, you know what? I, I love what's going on. I love hearing this story. I'm addicted. I'm depressed. I'm a womanizer. I've had my issues. You've heard from Rob's story today, and you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now on the other side of this camera. Maybe you're driving down the road. Maybe you're sitting on a couch. Maybe you're just in fear because of what's going on with coronavirus. Maybe there's protests and riots all around. Maybe you're not sure what's going to happen. Maybe your family has lost their income in this season, and you're just not sure what is happening. My friends, can I tell you that God has a plan for you in this time? He, he wants to lift you up and bring you up out of the miry pit, as the Bible says. He wants to set your feet on a solid rock. My friends, that rock is Jesus Christ. And right now, if you'll just pray this prayer with me, I want to lead you into the arms of Jesus. Right now, just say, Jesus, come into my life. Set me on solid ground. Rebuke the spirit of fear off my life. I believe in you. I believe you died upon a cross for my sins. Take my sins, take my plans, take my desires and use them for your glory. I believe you rose from the dead in victory. Raise me up in victory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. My friends, we want to hear your testimonies today. And I would just ask you to email that email that's on the screen right there. And we want to make sure we hear your testimonies, hear your salvation stories, because God is doing amazing things in this season. I love you and I honor you, my friends. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Awaken the Wonder. If you enjoyed today's show and want more ministry like this, please visit kingdomencounters.us, where you can find weekly blogs in my latest book, Hunger. Be sure to subscribe and follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at the tag Evangelist Caleb Wampler. If the Lord leads you to partner with us in the nations in prayer and giving, visit kingdomencounters.us. I'll see you next time.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 